Welcome back to Owned and Operated, where we dive deep into the businesses we own, the businesses we are acquiring, and bring on guests to hear about their service-based operations. If you like what you hear today, follow us on Twitter. That's John at Wilson Companies and Jack at the HVAC Jack. Also, if you'd like to stay up to date on our newsletters, events, and workshops, check out our website at ownedandoperated.com. That's ownedandoperated.com. Check it out. In this episode, we discuss a handyman business with a unique clientele, a fleet vehicle tire and oil change service, and our first ever bad business of the week. Welcome back to Owned and Operated. What's up, Jack? Hey, John. How's it going, man? It's good. It's a Friday night. Ready to ready to drop some drop some knowledge into this pod. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's how we know we're getting uh, getting up there in ages. Your exciting Friday night is jumping on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Talking business for sure. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. How'd your uh, how'd your week go? A good week. We finally got some cool weather, or excuse me, some hot weather coming through here, and so we sold a few units this week. And nice, can't complain. It's been like the first big heat snap of uh, the year, so we're excited. We're ramping up, um, getting people fed, which always feels good when when texting mm-hmm. salespeople and uh, the companies walking away with money. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah. How many comfort advisors do you have? Just one. Yeah. No, that's it great. Just, and do you have selling text too? No. So she, okay. uh, it's a she, and she's an absolute killer. I mean, she's nice. amazing. She's been doing this her whole life, and uh, she's really good. So we're, we're lucky to have her. We, we shot above our um, a skill level and our pay level here to get her, and, and it's it's going to be worth it. So yeah. Uh, so we did great. that that this week, and then um, hopefully um, going to get farther on a, a deal that we're under LOI on. So. Really exciting nice. stuff. Yeah. Hopefully you can break that down after it gets a little farther along here. Yeah. No, that sounds like fun. Um, cool. Yeah. My week, uh, what, what did we get into? Moving, like like I've said the past couple of weeks, we're moving down the pipe on construction on on the new headquarters. Uh, we're working on a couple of deals, which are kind of fun. The, the biggest like fun thing is we brought on new people, similar to how you're describing. We brought on some new folks inside our organization in the past month or two that have just been um awesome great salespeople. our restoration company was the biggest one we brought on a great salesperson restoration the business has just been yeah i was gonna say i heard restoration is an amazing business if you have a good salesperson if you don't it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) it's like the worst ever (laughs) and uh you said you're going out to arizona next week can you talk about that anything fun yeah, well, my brother's getting married, so mm-hmm. we're going out there for we're taking the kids. Um, so we're just going out there for two weeks. So we take off today's Friday. We take off on Tuesday. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. And then I'm I'm going to be able to do some site visits of and, like and, really big plumbing mm-hmm. and HVAC companies while we're out there. I was able to get into mm-hmm. a few, so I'm like really pumped up about that. Um, these are like hundred to two hundred million dollar outfits. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun. Just like oh, stroll right, my way through there, you know, take videos the whole time. Yeah, right, <laughs> it's going to be exactly. great. Some corporate espionage stuff going on. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, with, with big old companies, do you, have you heard of a Hoffman brothers? Hoffman yeah. Bro- yeah. So he just got on Twitter too and reached out to me 
just because we're in his area, he, he saw us. I see. Oh, I, see. I I saw him respond to something I said the other day. Yeah. And his response talked about like a hundred million in revenue or something. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah, they're a big company. They're big here, and uh, so him and I got to chatting about some Cool Ray and Wrench Group and all that kind of stuff. But if if um, follow him on Twitter. Um, he, he's going to be a wealth of knowledge. He's an ex-Marine, just like, well, once a Marine, always Marine. But uh, I saw that he was commenting on some of uh, Rich Jordan stuff too. So he's going to be a good one to follow. Nice. That's great. Cool. All, All right. right. We've got, uh, we've got some, we've got some businesses to break down. Um, what, what did, what did you bring for us this week, Jack? All right. I'm excited about this one. Um, so what I have this week is an interesting, it touches home to my heart. Uh, I love property maintenance, like property maintenance, industrial maintenance, just maintenance crew and maintenance guys. They're my, my favorite kind of employee. They're the do everything handyman. They're like the step up from handyman. And so nice. what, I, what I got this week is um, property maintenance business. Uh, they contract out to property management companies who have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 homes under contract and um they're they're just a really neat company um we were we were looking at them but they just didn't fit with our um they didn't fit with our model as well as they uh, they were asking a lot of money for what um they were actually able to produce but still in my my opinion good business if the price came in so but i I talked to the owner he said we can talk about it so um kind of a neat company so to start us off the customer base is property management companies the guy would walk into like these large property management shops that had, you know, like I said, a thousand homes, renters of America or whatever. And he'd say, Hey, you have a property maintenance team. What I'm going to offer is I say, you take off all that overhead. You get rid of all the scheduling crews. You get rid of everything that you have there and we'll run it for you. And mm. we'll do it within, we'll, we'll complete work orders faster than your current crew is doing. And so that's, that was their business model. He did that six times. There's some major client um, concentration because they only have, you know, six, <laughs> six different property management companies, but these yeah. things are just absolute monsters. Well, that has to be like a crazy switching cost too. I mean, that's, that's sticky, you know, cause if you don't have them, who else are you going to use? It's hard to go retail for something mm-hmm. like that. Cause you'd pay two or three times as much. Um, so I, I think I'm, I think the customer concentration probably doesn't bother me that much just because it, the PM would lose so much by trying to switch. So, yeah. and with the higher market, yeah, with the higher market, how it is to be able to flop back, you would need to be able to hire six different people. Uh, yeah, plumber. in like what two weeks or something? Yeah, yeah. like good luck. Yeah, yeah, best and, of luck. And they have to be from every trade, like carpenter, yeah. plumber, um, handyman. You know, that's that's kind of what they did. And so, it was a great model, super sticky. Um, some things I didn't like pr- pricing breakdown, you know, you get a plumber out to, or if, if I'm a business owner and I have a plumber out in the field, I'm charging on average, you know, what, what does your plumbers go for 120 bucks an hour? Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what are your plumbers more? Quite a bit more. Yeah. So, like, and, yeah. Yeah. So like 120 an hour. Usually if we, someone in, if we see someone in the, like, you know, like 80, 90, 100, 120, somewhere in that range, we're like, hey, you're undercharging by, you know, maybe two times, maybe yeah. more. I think we're at 140 for HVAC. If we were to break down, the, we were flat rate pricing, but if we were to break it down, it comes out to be around a 140, 144. So mm-hmm. they're, at, they're at 80. 
18 hour. Yeah. So yeah. Just and, and is, is it like time and material? Like it's like a, mm-hmm. I was here for Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're just all hourly um, because it's just such a vast like array of things that they could potentially do. Um, so time and material and, but the volume on it is so huge. They're bringing in, he was saying um, somewhere in the, I want to say 200 work orders a week. Wow. Yeah. So like very like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are smaller, smaller end items, but it just in general, um, kind of mass volume. So like if is, I would imagine that the way that works, cause that's a ton for mm-hmm. like five or six people. So I would imagine the way that works is they, like you get 20 work orders all on the same property and like each tech will do like 10 a day and just stay on that, on that property. Uh, I believe the the customer concentration is pretty pretty tight too. Um, what was it? I think I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are just really small work orders, right? So when you flip a house, that you have that heavy like boom 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 boom, yeah. boom all at the same house. But there's also like clogged sink, clogged toilet, sure, you know, light bulb out. They're just yeah. really basic, and so it's not like there was too much work behind it. You could really knock out eight to 10 work orders in a day, as long as the drive time wasn't killing you too much, which mm-hmm. I mean, compared to all other service businesses, that's, that's really what we all deal with anyway. Yeah. Um, so the size of the company, they had, they had eight, six in the field, two in the office. So, I mean, th- I mean, we could probably break down the math on that. I should have done that. So you have 200 work orders, six tax. I mean, that's some that's a heavy amount of work orders per day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. I think they it has to do probably with that they're running a probably a pretty large backlog too. So you, you push it out two weeks and it just kind of continues mm-hmm. to pile up. Are um, they doing any of the big stuff or is it like are they doing unit turns or are they pure focused like, hey, we're here to do the the small stuff that nobody else wants? They're doing small stuff that nobody else wants. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really low value um to go out there and unclog a sink. I mean, realistically, right, a sink clog is not going to take you long. Fixing a piece of wood on the hand railing is not going to take you long um, mm-hmm. as long as you're able to get out there and get it done, be parts ready. So I know they're very focused on having what they need at the shop, and which is difficult. It's, a, it's an inventory issue because you need everything, right? Yeah. You need capacitors for HVAC. You need a snake for plumbing. You need PVC. You need just like the, the whole gambit. Yeah. Um, so, and then they're doing about 230 per truck per handyman. So, um, pretty low for any individual style, um, trade, but, um, once again, they're charging $80 an hour. So do you know what they're paying the guys? Like what's a wage? Oh goodness. Um, let me think back. I think the wages were running in, uh, below market for the individual trade. Um, that's what I'll leave that there below market for the individual trade. Okay. So like if, if we're on average paying like an HVAC guy, 25 an hour or something, they were, they were coming in at like 21. Yeah. But they're also, so if, if you, do you feel like, um, do you feel like that's a hiring? I know there's some businesses like there's a business locally here and they, they're in drains, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there and I obviously I want it. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. If you don't bring yeah. up drains once an episode, John, I'm gonna be disappointed. I know it has to be at <laughs> like, least once an episode. At least, it, like, do you like least. drain companies? 
Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. It depends. Yeah, it just <laughs> depends on the day. You know, it depends. I brought a non-drain company this week, so I Darn, really tried to be like, I tried to be respectful. Um, but yeah, so so this company they they hire a bunch of uh, I think it's convicts or ex-convicts, like people who got out mm-hmm. of prison. And that's a big part of their hiring strategy. It doesn't really fit for what we're doing because we say we're going to be, you know, background checked, all that stuff. Um, and I think AO had he had a he had a turnover business. Uh, he ended up selling it, but I think his hiring pool was relatively uh, similar because you're an empty unit, so it really you know really doesn't matter. So do you, do you think that's how they got it under market, or like how do you think they're doing that? Correct. I think it's a mix of that as well as, um, right. There's, there's less customer facing nature, right. Cause you're working for the property manager and, and the goal is to yeah. keep the prices low because yeah. their goal is to have a low operational cost, right? So yeah. you're not going in there. You're not upselling. You're not, you know, looking for other things to, to talk to the homeowner to try and, you know, get a bigger ticket. You're trying to keep the ticket as low as possible. Um, so, you know, that's an issue of um, non-aligned incentives for uh, sales conversions and things like that. But and back to the hiring. Yes, I remember they had um, they had uh, lower skilled labor. They It was a lot more kind of, um, I don't know how to put this, <laughs> maybe uh, not convicts, but just maybe a little bit more unscrupulous. Yeah. So, but... Once again, not, not, um, the guys were nice guys. Um, you know, some neck tattoos, things that you don't generally see in mm-hmm. some of the bigger trade facing companies. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of where they go. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, company. that has to be a somewhat fairly open talent pool, you know, people mm-hmm. that have skills. Um, and if you can find something that, like can offer opportunity, then I, I don't know. I think it's probably a good thing. Yeah. I know that we've had, we've had people who had records from like 30 years ago, mm-hmm. but even 30 years later, it was something that like, maybe they got in a fight when they were 18 mm-hmm. and that's still on their like background check when we pulled up and they might've done like a day in jail. It, it It's interesting how long that stuff stays on and how long it affects people's lives. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm think I'm kind of into that. Yeah, and the best part of the whole thing was was the numbers. So, right, you're looking yeah. at these companies, and this one in particular is doing somewhere. Um, it was about half a million in EBITDA. You know, half a million in EBITDA, wow. and it was a hundred one point four million gross. So the margin oh on these things are absolutely monstrous. That's monster. Yeah. Yeah, and um, once again, they're they're paying them kind of lower than average, um, Mm -hmm. pricing. And then that, that really, that volume is where it comes into play. They were just hitting boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah. Two or three guys on a site do, you know, it it adds up and it's all charged back to the PM and then charges the homeowner. I'm sure at a, (laughs) at some kind of uptick of a rate. 10% markup. Yeah. Well, that's pretty interesting. I think, uh, what did you, what did you, I mean, so far this has been good. Like, what mm-hmm. did you not like about it? What I didn't like about it is, uh, as kind of a conjoining of the businesses, what I'm currently doing um, right now, we're not looking to hold close style. We're looking to more kind of join, um, have uh, 
scale, right? Uh, efficiencies mm-hmm. of scale, and it just didn't fit, right? They're they're not upselling. They they did a hundred and thirty thousand mm-hmm. in HVAC, and, and I'm thinking, man, on on six thousand homes, only a hundred and thirty thousand in HVAC seems really low. So either mm-hmm. they're charging. I mean, it might have just been like filter changes and like more refrigerant, you know. Yeah, my wonder. Nothing is, else. Like if you change at a capacitor and you look at what a capacitor cost, it costs, you know, 15 bucks. And if they're just yeah. upcharging with an hour of labor, you yeah. know, you, you lose that, that uh, margin that you would normally get. So, um, yeah. So, so not a good fit for your, for your current platform. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's interesting in general though. How, how do you think these things get to scale? I mean, you, you just have to keep taking over more properties Correct. I think you have to keep going for the, the big guys. And I don't think it scales in a singular city. I think like in our area, you'd have to do it in Nashville, Chattanooga, and Knoxville, right? You'd have to open up three different shops and try and grab them all in that um, kind of triangle. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to, you know, you only hit, there's only so many rentals that you could possibly do. Maybe get a national contract. Um, but the, these guys... Um, I think it may, there's maybe, two, I was doing some research, there's maybe two or three more big property management companies. And then you have to start going for the smaller guys, the guys who have, you know, 200 homes and 100 homes. Yeah. And I think that's where you start like really getting into the weeds and it starts getting difficult for customer acquisition and, and to scale up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I almost wonder if it's easier because they, so like we have, we have, uh, we have some apartments and the property manager couldn't possibly afford to bring mm-hmm. on their own maintenance people because they're not big enough. So like they need something like this. Whereas if you go to a big shop, like they have the option to just, you know, keep doing what they're doing and have tighter control over the output. Mm-hmm. Cause it, I think that would be the hardest thing for me. If I was the PM, I'd be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to put you in the, in the buildings that my clients own and you have to do a good job and I have to trust you to do a good job. And that's a hard thing to lose control over, uh, especially if you're throwing all of their volume at it because it is so sticky. Yeah. Like I'd imagine that's a pretty long sales process because you really have to build up some trust there to know that mm-hmm. these guys are going to do it right every time and not be like, do something crazy inside your apartments. Not Whereas mention. if you go to a smaller shop, like they don't have a choice anyways. Like they're already hiring somebody at, you know, probably some rate like this. And you, if you say, Hey, I'm going to solve all your problems for you. Um, it's 80 bucks an hour. We'll do whatever. Here's the zip codes we serve. That way you can keep a tight route. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That that feels like a, a good way to do it for, to me. Yeah. When I was looking at it, I was thinking you go commercial. Also, you have a commercial aspect. You start hitting instead of, you know, PMs for commercial, you start doing office buildings and office repair and office maintenance, and then um, start focusing maybe on like large Airbnb clients. Right. Oh yeah. There's a higher amount of damage in those units probably than yeah. uh, You're just your typical home. They have higher flip rates. Yeah. So that no, yeah, that'd be interesting. And maybe you add like unit turns into it as cleaning or something because like they would be willing to pay a premium because they have to turn it over between twelve and four every day. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That that would be interesting. You could probably tuck in a nice cleaning company right in there, and that would that would actually round it out really well. Interesting. Okay. So Easy like, what do you, what do you rate to steal? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you need a handyman license, which that's not even in every location, right? Every state is a bit different. Tennessee, it's a handyman license. It's really easy. Um, and then I think if you start getting into some bigger stuff, it does, you have to get individual trade licenses, like locally plumbing licenses and things like that. But just to, to start it, 
handyman's license, a truck, one or two guys mm-hmm. who can do things that you can't or that you hire out two or three guys that are kind of really handyman. And then you go in there and, and start walking into these smaller companies, like you're saying, and say, Hey, we'll solve some of your problems for you. We can only do mm-hmm. three or four trades, but this is where it's at. I think this oh, is yeah. extremely easy to start. I mean, even if you just focus on Airbnbs or just focus on commercial, you can really get a good portfolio of companies right out. Yeah. The gate. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting this somewhere like at a, probably like a two, two or three. I don't know if, yeah. if it's that easy to scale um, to maybe like a $20 million company. Mm-hmm. Um, like you would with a plumbing or something, but at, at least I, like, I don't know that you need to if you have good cash flow. Like yeah, it well, seems like their expenses are rock bottom. There's mm-hmm. no marketing. Like you can if if you just want to churn cash, like this feels pretty good to me. It's a great lifestyle business, definitely. Yeah, cool. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I think the same. I think the only, um, I think yeah, scale would be the tough part, and I think picking a strong. Like, how are we going to go to market? Like, if I was going to launch this, uh, I I could be wrong, but I really like my conviction is smaller PMs that have no oper- they have no other choice but to sub out the work, and then just be a a solution for them where you respond the fastest, right? Where if like, hey, if I can if I can get out there today, if I have a four hour guarantee or a twenty four hour guarantee, even uh, that's a lot better than somebody else that's paying like there might be paying $50 an hour to be a general handyman. So yeah, I'm into this. I think I agree. Yeah. Rate it two to three, easy to start. There's almost no capital. You can just start doing it and then you start uh, just building clients. I'm into it. I'm in. All right. Cool. What, what did, uh, what'd you get this week? All right. So this week I dragged in a mobile tire and oil uh, replacement business. So this one's kind of fun. So um, I went to high school with a guy, and he and I saw each other. You know, high school was like 14 years ago or 50. I don't even remember when. But he and I saw each other like eight years in at some restaurant. I was just like, hey, man, what's up? What are you, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, I launched this mobile oil change thing. And I'm sitting there like, okay, like kind of hell yeah. Like that sounds great. Uh, mm-hmm. that from my perspective, that's a slam dunk. Like, yeah. What do you charge? Because if we send our guys out to go get an oil change, they're sitting, I have a guy who I'm paying a lot of money sitting in my truck, which means that truck's not on a job making money. And there's, they're like sitting there getting their oil changed. So there's like a, there's a real cost and opportunity cost for us to go get oil changes. So we started, we brought them on four or five years ago and it's been a good fit. Um, and I always liked the model. I think, uh, I think it's sweet up to like five to seven trucks getting it above. That seems hard, but, um, I think you'd have to really nail down like how you handle like, uh, B to C, but from B to B, I like it a lot. Okay. So this, this company in particular is only business to business. Yes. I think there's a few different ways you can do it. And, um, so th- there's a couple different ways that you can launch these things. Cause I, I, I know how he's doing it and it's mostly fleet. So whole, his whole selling prop is, Hey, I'm going to come when your vehicles are already down. So maybe I'll go to your technician's house. If you have a morning meeting, I'll go there and I'll go do the morning. You know, I'll mm-hmm. do 10 at the same time while you guys are in like an hour long meeting. That's what we usually do. 
Um, so for us, it was a no brainer. Like you come out, knock out a bunch of oil changes. This is going to be super easy. Replace tires if you have to. Um, and he has most of that stuff on his truck. Uh, now what some people do is they go to, uh, homeowners to me, that one felt a little bit more difficult, but I think the margins are obviously going to be better because they have to be like, if, if this guy's coming out to my place and he's doing 10 vehicles at the same time, it's going to be a, a cheap oil changes. Cause he's all in the same spot. He only had to make one visit. Whereas if he's going to my home to just change one car's oil, you know, maybe it'll be twice as much for the convenience fee or whatever. Um, but there is a model out there where people do it to homeowners and they either do it direct and they mark it off of like Facebook or somebody, some dude was doing it off TikTok, or they partner in with like a, a Tesla. Obviously that would be for the tire part, not the oil part, but they, <laughs> they partner in with a, a Tesla or like a Chevy or somebody else that has an at home uh, service and they they do those tire swaps and oil changes for them there. So yeah. I've, I've had this done on my personal car. Like I had my Tesla okay. popped a tire like a couple mm-hmm. years ago and it, it wasn't this guy that came out. It was somebody else, but it was like a mobile tire change and oil uh, service. And his whole thing was like half his lead flow came direct. So he was working directly with homeowners. Maybe they, however they got a hold of him uh, or like small business owners. And then the other half was, uh, higher volume, lower dollars through dealerships. Yeah, I have, I have trouble thinking that this would work B2C. I feel like I've seen multiple companies um, pop up, die, pop up, yeah. die, pop up, die over the last 10 years trying to get this model down. So I wonder what, I mean, there has to be, there's a pain point, right? We know there's all a pain point. Everyone hates doing it. But um, I, I think it works really well B2C if you're tacking it on to an existing mechanic shop or tire shop. Because if someone's calling you up and saying like, hey, I need to make an appointment to change my tires. And they said, hey, we could do that at your house. Like, yeah, th- that would be yeah. a really easy. <laughs> That'd be super easy. Yeah. yeah. What, kind of, what do the so, trucks look like? They're just big trucks. Uh, yeah, let me share my screen. Yeah, um, but from a B2B side, I've also had quite a few reach out to me. So I know that how they're marketing it, they're finding, you know, fleet companies and just emailing them. So I can imagine yeah. it's, it's pretty in a The, the B2B side easy. is like a slam dunk. Yeah. Like, Hey, I can, I can come when your trucks are already not running and I will do things that keep your vehicles on the road longer. Like it's like a no brainer. And frankly, it's cheaper because they're, they're like running it out of some garage versus some large mechanic shop. They don't have to keep inventory. So aside from saving money on tech wages and the opportunity costs, like we paid less in real dollars per mm-hmm. oil change because it, he's coming out with like a 20 gallon jug of oil and he just, you know, does the whole thing. Yeah. Not to mention, right. It gets slow over at the Jiffy Lube or something. Yeah. You still have guys sitting around all day doing nothing, maybe one or two yeah. guys in case somebody comes in. But here you can actually schedule it out in advance, which is really nice. Yeah, and you can route it. I, I feel like yeah. the magic here is fleets. Like you need somewhere where you can go and you've got 20 vehicles parked and you can just go knock it out. Do they have- from an average ticket perspective, like you mm-hmm. want your average ticket to be high, right? So if they if he comes to my place and he's only doing oil changes, like that might be twelve hundred dollars in oil changes. 
because he's just knocking them down versus if he comes out to my house to, you know, replace one tire, replace four, um, maybe that's four or 500 bucks. Yeah, but definitely. I don't know. So this is what the trucks, this is a real picture of the truck. So this Mm -hmm. is the one that comes out. Um, it's just a big truck. I don't think they send, oh, they sort of show the inside. Uh, yo, that's my boy right there. We went, (laughs) (laughs) we went to school together. Uh, but yeah, so tire changing station in the back. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it is. It's slick. <laughs> it's really cool. So How are they yeah, the thing. Like, what's the voltage that those things take? I can't. I have absolutely I mean, no idea. They must idea have a generator in there. Yeah, I have cool. no idea. But yeah, he can he can like fully replace a tire, um, and and they don't they just load it up according to whatever your vehicle is. So up here, you select your tire. You you do whatever services you're going to do. You schedule it. And then when you're selecting it, you have to like put in your make and model. That way they can bring the right tires. Do they have night service? Like, so I I know that a lot of times. Yeah. So when he first launched, he was doing stuff at like 6 a.m. for us. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, and his, his biggest client was, this was right when uh, Amazon launched that like franchise. I don't know if they're still doing that or if it's corporate, but you know, Amazon has like, they got rid of FedEx doing the routes and they now have the Amazon routes franchise. So his biggest contract was those guys. So he would go, you know, th- they're putting miles on those vehicles because all they do is drive. So he would go there like every other Tuesday and like swap a bunch of tires, do a bunch of oil changes. And it was just this recurring uh, situation. He had to do that at like four in the morning because they start, huge. you know, those that trucks start morning. running early. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I think that's the beauty of this business. I think the homeowner part, if you want to just be you, like a one guy in a truck, I'm going to go do some stuff. Totally. Like target some homeowners. You'll probably make a good living. If you want to make a business fleet seems like the only way to make this happen. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're targeting homeowners, you do two cars at once. Um, mm-hmm. That's $500 probably, you know, say just for math, say 50% margin. Um, to but make- it's also like hard to schedule cause it's only one yeah. versus make- like, Hey, once a month on Tuesdays, he can come out to my place. Yeah, to make a living on that though, because it's not like a really a reoccurring service. It's every what, once every quarter, maybe once every six months, you're getting your oil changed for for B to C. So you're looking yeah. at like two hundred and fifty bucks. So it's five hundred a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you need a hundred clients to make fifty k. Yeah, you know, that and and I mean that doesn't sound undoable, but that's definitely a bit of a grind in the beginning to get that momentum to yeah, actually make for it sure. work. Yeah, I feel like if I was launching this, um, you know, you focus on fleets. What's what's the in. That, what in your area? What's that um, market saturation look like for these kind of um, fleet? Or have you not looked just because this is your buddy? You're going to go with them no matter what. Well, so honestly, when when he launched, I had never even heard of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I Goodyear has one, so Goodyear's based in Akron, but they have a few tire shops here. And they have something called Roll, and, and I think it's just a part of the retail shops. But that's mainly focused on homeowners. Besides these guys, I don't know another mobile uh, oil change service. There might be one, but when we first signed up with them, we looked around for others to bid him against other things, like make sure that this was reasonable, are we in the right ballpark, and uh, there was nobody else to bid against. Hmm. 
That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine that that works a lot better. Like, like you said, it looks, works a lot better for Goodyear. works a lot better for Jiffy mm-hmm. if they started one. Like B2C is a perfect market for someone who already has a giant yeah. tire or, yeah. or oil change shop. It just 100%. It just opens up distribution. It like, I, there's just no world where I'm going to take my car to a mechanic and drop it off for a couple of days to do something that they could do at my house. Yeah, man, if, if I'm just had, not going to do it. If you had, realistically, if you had a killer, um, really, really good cold emailer, you could mm-hmm. blow this up in, in no time. You get oh, a v, yeah. VA comes through, gives you a list of just local businesses in the area that they take off the Chamber of Commerce yeah. or something. And then someone just comes through with cold emailing. Right. Just Apparently they're franchising too. Oh, are they? That's I, I guess. That's kind of cool. But yeah, I'm super into it. Uh, they ended up partnering up with our, uh, fleet manager enterprise mm-hmm. and, um, that way it just made all of our billing easy. But to me, this is an easy business to start. You, you get in, you start seeking out B2B clients that have like reasonably sized fleets, like anything 10 and above is probably good. But like, you know, if you could get into like a 50 and above fleet, like that's a, that's every month or every two weeks client and you build up like 10 of those and then, you know, you've got yourself a business. Yeah, definitely. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I like this one. Yeah. I think, um, I, I threw some, econ- some rough economics in here. I was here. just going to say what the numbers look like. Yeah. So oil change is around 75 bucks. So if, if you're doing mobile oil changes, I think that's where like, it makes sense if you're doing fleet, I'm struggling with not doing fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how that makes sense if you're not doing fleet. Uh, tire changes around 500 bucks if you do all four all four tires. So that one makes a little bit more sense as like a, a, a go to retail. Um, the they do the same rough upsells as in they just take a look. So like, hey, what's your up? What's your what's your air filter look like? You know, if you went to some. T- five minute oil chain shop, it'd be roughly the same stuff. So they have that opportunity too. They try to keep the trucks lean though. Um, but I, I think it, I like to think of it as those five minute oil chain shops, just mobile and more convenient. Do they try to upcharge you for like when you're at a mobile shop, they'll say, you know, you got your standard, you got your, your, your bronze, mm-hmm. your silver, your, your gold. Your so this guy does not do that, yeah. but I think he's mainly because he's dealing mostly B2B. He's dealing with fleet managers who are just going to call him on shit. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's just like a different problems. selling proposition. Exactly. It's not like, you know, someone's changing like my Toyota's filter. Um, wait, you drive a tight Toyota. My I wife's a Toyota. Toyota. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a Highlander. Honestly, that thing is great. Like oh, I love it. Things, I, I love Toyota. And that was, I've, I've owned like three or four, but I've uh, yeah. switched. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a great car. I've been in a Tesla for a little while, but her car is the Toyota and yeah, it, it's great. It's a good family car. Um, I've been joking. I said we, we're going to throw those thirty foot ladders on the top of a Tesla and wrap them. And oh have yeah, three or four of them running around town as uh, yeah. service vehicles. And uh, we're eco friendly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. T- tell me that would be a good marketing strategy. That'd be so. Funny. I don't know if it'd be good or bad. You know, because people would also think like, all right, I'm paying too much. Yeah, right, <laughs> dude's driving Fair a Tesla enough. up to my house. <laughs> yeah, that, no, no Tesla truck. Just old, old yeah. like what is it, Model Threes? Yeah, yeah. Um, so rough numbers a month, these trucks are producing like 20 to 30 grand a month. Uh, they're very low overhead. 
and it's mainly just cogs. It's just a guy in a truck. I think you can launch it on your own. I think that because of the demand of fleet, it's probably easier to like, hey, how do we get to 20 clients as quick as possible so we can have two or three guys? Because you know, you don't want to be the guy that gets up at two in the morning every day to go change the fleet oil. Um, I think just like every other truck-based business out there, like the magic number starts at three. You get three trucks on the road and you've got yourself a business. Anything before that, it's a lot more like owner in the truck, which I just think is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty common. And then you'd have a, you know, about a million dollar business when you get to that three trucks on the road. Uh, my rating, I thought this was like a four. I think it's easy to launch. I, I think it could be really good as a standalone service. I, it's been good for my buddy. Um, but I think it's, it's also sweet if you're tacking it on to an active operation. I think that could be cool. I don't think it's very expensive to launch. I think this dude set up a rig when he launched. Like he's got a real setup going on. But I think you could just launch with a truck. But when when I talked to him, his 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 build out was twenty grand, and the truck was fifty. So he had seventy thousand dollars total, uh, and he was able to cap that all into the loan on the on that vehicle. So you know maybe he had ten grand out of pocket for a down payment, and then uh, you start chasing down clients to pay for the monthly note and he ran it out of his garage for the first couple of months. Did he launch with um, both tire and oil change? Yeah. Yep. He launched off the rip with that. There we go. I like it. Uh, yeah. I'm probably going to give this business. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I want to say it's easier, but I, I bet it, I bet it comes just to get to that really that first, like the zero to one on this is a lot harder yeah. than I. He, he said that too. Um, and I see, I don't know what it's like. I've never done like a B2B sales thing, like similar to like the deal you brought up or this one. Um, but when I heard about this deal as an owner, I was like, that is a literal no brainer. Like that took no brain cells to say yes to that. (laughs) Like it's non-contractual. It's keeping my trucks on the road. It's keeping my truck techs moving and it's literally cheaper. So it felt like a really easy sales prop to me, but what he said was he, he agreed with what you just said was it was very difficult to get those first two or three clients. I think we we were his third client and he had been at it for a couple months and just striking out um, on that. Now, I don't know if that's due to his, his background was not in B2B sales. His background was in restaurant management. So maybe he just, maybe, a few of those months was mm-hmm. just figuring out how to do cold calls on businesses. Yeah. Just learning. But like, curve. yeah, if it was me, I mean like go join a BNI and just yeah. knock on like a bunch of plumbers doors and someone's going to say, yeah, cause it's, it's just, you know, saving them money. Yeah, definitely. What about stickiness? How do you feel like on a rating of stickiness of one to 10, if you had another guy come along and was like, man, I'm newer, I'm starting up. Um, I'll cut $10 off the oil change per truck. Is it worth it to you or is, is it already so low and, and you trust this guy so much that you'd stay with him? That is a good question. It's probably not that sticky, but yeah, I also, yeah, it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not too sticky. Cause like, yeah, you know, it's not contractual, you know, if we get a better thing and then we'll do it. But um, and if the new guy messes up, you just go back to, to the guy you're working with now. So it's not like, yeah, it's not really yeah. a bridge burn too to change over. Yeah. And I think if you're a big fleet, like, uh, 
on one hand, I was like, oh, the customers, you know, what's the customer service look like? Are they going to like jump through hoops to make sure your fleet stays on the road? But like, if you're a big client, they're going to do that anyways. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way that they, that you would switch is like, Hey, are you going to come at three in the morning? Cause like, we're not talking if you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part of the business. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be my one worry is, you know, you get these big contracts like Amazon. I saw that when I worked at uh, free delay and Pepsi a lot is when you get these, these large volume contracts much, I'm sure like, like if someone came mm-hmm. along and offered $50 an hour to do the handyman business, I mean, I, the, the back end on that handyman business, there was a lot of, um, actually they had a full time, um, programmer on that business that they subbed out to, to build that entire back end system for the work order flow to flow from sure. their system, API into yeah. the new system. But, um, you know, money talks, especially on high volume. And so for an yeah. Amazon contract, I could see, um, you know, $10 an hour or something really, or excuse me, $10 a car really um, making a difference. It stacks up. I mean, for us, it was a cost exercise to switch to them. So it would be a cost exercise if we switched off. Like some of the stuff is just math. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you are right. Stickiness would be a problem. So you'd always just have to continue closing. Um, now that said, we've been with them for four or five years and it's also because no one else has approached us. Like we've never even had the opportunity to bid it out. So I think that stickiness might be a problem, but I don't know. I have 85 trucks on the road and nobody else has called on us. So I just don't think there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. I like this business. If, if, if I was starting, this is definitely one that I would think about. It's difficult in the beginning, but once you get that three, four customers, you're, you're pretty yeah. much there. Yeah. So. You've got a route. And the one thing I didn't get was how, like how many customers is a route, you know, is that mm-hmm. 10, is that 20? What's that really look like? Cause I, I think that's, I think the route based business is interesting where you can just like fill up to a hundred percent capacity and then you just go build another route. Like, I think that's kind of cool. That's what we do with septic. Um, and, and I like it. Okay. So cool. Awesome. We, yeah, we sort of like this one. Um, you said you brought another terrible deal of the week. Like, what do you, oh, what do you right. got for us? <laughs> so I'm this, one's brought, this one's brought to you by Twitter friends. So um, someone was actually posted about the worst deal you've ever seen. And this guy was just tearing this company up and not, he asked like, Hey, can you send me just not the information, but just the, the, the offer. Right. And so do you have something you can share? Yeah. So that's what I'm share the screen. Doing. Share the screen. <laughs> I'm sorry, screen. everyone. I'm still learning how to screen share. Um, Supposedly, this is up in my neck of the woods too. Like I'm, I'm ready yeah, to go. So we're up in what? How'd you say, Medina? Medina, County? Medina. Yeah. Medina. So that's like a few minutes from my home. I should probably delete some of this info out of here. Um, <laughs> someone's going to need to edit that out later. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll blur ding, that ding. out. <laughs> if for anyone just listening and not watching, my phone number did pop up on the screen because I am a big um, user of Biz Buy Sell, and so it auto populates. Yeah, but makes total sense. Anyway, this is a industrial manufacturing business. So don't know what it is. Don't really care what it is, but it does gross revenue of $750,000 with the EBITDA of $140,000. Um, and that's not including real estate, three employees, uh, maybe a two to three year transition, but we're still looking at a six X on a sub $1 million gross business like what's the attached doc like what yeah, what are they showing it. us here we got like a mini oh, teaser here we go yeah a little mini teaser industrial hardware um not much more than what the the ad said 
so the listing agent and everything there's your generalistic uh picture i don't know if it's a actual picture or if it's a stock yeah. photo but it's a guy working on a, a drill press with a lathe in the background um probably making some kind of um you know metal piece some trinket of some sort mm-hmm. but i just can't imagine that at any point in time you're paying for a sub one million dollar business plus in, in i mean maybe rich or someone else could could talk more to this but in one of these kind of businesses at 1.1 million in real estate is kind of important here, right? I mean, you're not yeah, going to move like, all that equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I, this, this isn't, this is an interesting one. I know when Reg does a lot of his deals, like they end up, the real estate ends up being a large portion of the deal, which is honestly kind of sweet. Like I'm a little mad about it because mm-hmm. like you can just go get a mortgage. Like yeah, but, for our business, we have a real scaling problem where like lending is like buying businesses, cash flow, whatever. And if you can build your business off of using like 25 year commercial mortgages, like that's kind of a sweet gig. That said, I don't know how the hell you would pay. I mean, real estate plus business is 1.85 for something that's cash flowing 140. Yeah. Not to mention, okay, you're looking at 140, yeah, cash flowing 140. That's not going to cover even close. Yeah. To, to, to covering that, that I don't, you couldn't get a loan on this business is what I'm saying. That, that was a DSCR when I don't think it would even come close. To yeah. No, that. I don't think so either. And I wonder like if industrial hardware, like we, we did a, a couple of years ago, we did, we did a, a job where we installed pneumatic lines, like airlines mm-hmm. into a factory that was making screws, which is like, you know, anybody can make screws. And I, I wonder if if that's if it's also just like a very undifferentiated uh, product line. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see behind the curtain on this one why they're doing this, um, or maybe just you know it wasn't done right, or they're over overvaluating. He is, yeah. according to this, it's the listing agent is a real estate agent and a consultant. So, oh man, <laughs> uh, so that's that's how you know something got mispriced. Yeah. I love it. You know, I, I love when a real estate agent is trying to sell a business. Yeah, it's it can be rough out there sometimes, especially for them. So, I mean, there is a big real estate as, aspect to this, but my guess is the guy went to him and said, hey, I got a 1.1 piece of real estate, million dollar piece of real estate. And a business and, too. <laughs> and the business is kind of there also. Can you sell them yeah. both together? And he's like, yes, sir. I yeah, can. totally. I'll take also, 15% on the whole thing. I'd like to bring up that I said Rich instead of Reg, but I'm going to stand by that and start calling him Rich just because of all the crap he was giving me. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's on Twitter so that you guys can see the the beef. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I so think this, one, this one's for that. you, Rich. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. That was a terrible deal. I'm glad you brought that one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to bring a terrible this. one next week. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyone in this industry, let us know. Um, are, are we missing something? Are we are we on point here? Um, as always, uh, DM John, let him know if, if, uh, I'm being an idiot or, um, if that's the greatest deal you've ever seen, yeah, if, if, if we're missing something, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. minting gold, instant in cash something. offers. Exactly. <laughs> it's already off that's... market, which it's not. So it's still on the market. Um, Perfect. Anyway. All right. All right guys. So today we went over, uh, yeah, we went over tire taxi. We went over property management, uh, external handyman service. And we talked about a terrible deal. That was. That was, that was a great episode. Good stuff. <laughs> Have fun. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for staying tuned. Check out next week. Adios.